It's been a couple of weeks since we've been here back in the studio once again. It is your charming and delightful host, the best hair in radio, the brilliant mind, the gold standard, the world's greatest radio personality. Along with young Jared over on the board, running things on the Richard Kaysen Radio Network. Um, next hour, remind me, I'm going to look up the 800 number because I know there is one and I meant to give it. But uh, 573-431-1000 locally, if you want to call in, that's local to uh, eastern Missouri in the parkland. 573-431-1000. But I assume long distance and roaming... Does that exist? Do people still get charged for calling? I mean, you. Well, you're 22, so you may not remember the time when long distance on a landline phone was a real hassle to some people. Some people strictly had local service, and they simply, if if they wanted to make a long distance call, they'd uh, go to a pay phone, or they would uh, maybe call the other person, collect, and hope they'd pick up the call. So, it's radio. We got. We can't see your face when, when you react to that. So, but you don't have any uh, experience with long distance or anything no. like that. It's just always been call whatever number you want, and it's as far as I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's and and that is an improvement. Also, in Van Buren, Missouri, where I grew up, down in Carter County, it was only until I was probably in my junior year of high school that we had to dial all seven digits. Like huh. like my home number was 323-8557, but for years it was just 8557. That's all. You, you could dial it, but you didn't have to. Hmm. So a lot of people didn't. So everyone, whenever they asked for a phone number, they would just give a four-digit number because everyone was a 323. But also what you would run into is um, – like if, and it wasn't a party line situation, it was just bad telephone service. But say I was on the phone with my friends and I hang up and they forget to hang up. And then you go to use the phone, you still hear them in the background cooking and talking. Hey, hand me that salt, you know, just real <laughs> mundane stuff. And you're banging pots and pans and everything trying to get, and mom would be like, <laughs> get on your bike, go up there and tell them to hang up their phone. Like, Come on. <laughs> what? what is this Mayberry Andy Griffith nonsense? But, yeah, we have a lot to get to this week. Uh, yeah, one more thing. I, I'm never as prepared as I like. Part of the reason I'm not as prepared, yesterday was a busy day. A friend of mine's memorial for his mother, we attended that. There was an issue, um, a, a family issue, and where a certain family member is staying at the moment that had to be resolved. And... And I was involved in those negotiations, so you can imagine how those went. And um, what else did we do? We Oh, yeah, and then after it was all said and done, we went uh, 25 miles out of town to go eat dinner because uh, everything else is, well, it's 8 o'clock on a Saturday, so no, no one eats past 8 on a Saturday. So we had to go to another town just to get a Hunt's Brothers pizza, which... You know, it'll fill you up, I guess. But come on, and don't you don't don't be knocking Hunts Brothers Pizza. <laughs> are you are you on the Hunts Brothers bandwagon? Oh yeah, my girlfriend and her daughter—that is their well, it's her daughter's favorite. 
the girlfriends obviously is the PH. Um, Pizza oh, Hut. Yeah. They're good. They're okay. I mean, if you love just spongy crust <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> laden in grease, like I do, then Pizza Hut's your your place. But they don't advertise with us, so enough of a plug. I'll make fun of them all day long. I just don't want people to to think we're endorsing them. And hey, Richard Kaysen sent you, but. Yeah, I didn't get half the stuff. To, oh, I'm just going to do this in between in between segments, I guess. But um, all sorts of uh, stuff. Mainly, it, it's going to be just some random stuff here in the first hour. But here in the second hour, we've been covering Hunter Biden and his sex capades and what's come to be known as the laptop from hell. Because this is the gift that keeps on giving. Every time he says that, well, I don't know if it's mine. Russia may have stole it. Well, then, for example, uh, Hunter Biden, he goes to this computer repair shop in, in Delaware, and the owner of the place, he can't confirm whether it was... Oh, thanks for the clock. He can't confirm whether it's Hunter Biden's or if Hunter Biden dropped it off, even though it has a Bo Biden Foundation sticker on the laptop, Bo Biden was his brother, and also the bill was sent to Hunter Biden with a phone number, and so, but he doesn't know if it's Hunter Biden's or not, but I thought since that phone number is on that invoice, I thought that maybe in the next hour, uh, you know, he's a bit of a night owl, we may get lucky, and we may just try to get a hold of him, so that ought to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and there's certain rules that you have to you, know, you have to let people know immediately that they're on the air and you have to beg them please don't swear please don't curse and and so if we can stick to those two things and if we can get him on the phone that would be quite the scoop and you know just keep him on the line for as long as he'll stay on and uh I didn't even have the qu- I was going to have some legit questions prepared for him and I I'm just going to have to again do it in between segments but I told you that I was out hustling the show, and uh, I was up in the, well, I won't even say the area only because it would give things away and would embarrass people, but, and, and of all the things that happened this past week that I would love to be able to share here on the show, most of them I can't, but this one thing, I can share it, but I gotta, I gotta be careful and I gotta tiptoe around how I say it. So... I'm out hustling advertising, and I go into this bookstore somewhere in one of the 114 counties in Missouri. And uh, it's an old man who, who owns the place. It's, it's a bookstore, and they also have uh, antiques, okay? And I walked in. It's about an 80-year-old man and, uh, you know, just making small talk and everything. And he's like, well, you know, I got 27,000 books in here. Oh, really? And, you know, and even if he was not interested in advertising on the show, for 2 or $3, I may have left with a book. And so I'm looking around and yeah, 27,000 books and, you know, looking at books over here, books. He's got books everywhere. And then I begin to hear what tastefully speaking can only be described and i and i waited for a minute because i thought 
Maybe it's a squeaky bed. Oh, no. Maybe maybe we have a, a door that needs some WD-40. <laughs> oh, no. What do we got going on? And so I gave it a minute, but tastefully speaking, what I heard, and it wasn't live either, so thankful for that, because uh, I could hear white noise in the background, which meant you know it was on speakers. But I, I heard <laughs> what had to be the most, the loudest and most vocal adult film at the highest possible volume. <laughs> now again, here's the, it's a bookstore, antique store, 80 year old man. He's got this thing cranked up in the back. Now this cabinet right here, this is 1932 and I'm in the middle of restoring it right now. I'm thinking I'm gonna put a walnut finish on. I'm not quite sure, but uh, that's work in progress, but that's, that's a pet project of mine now. Some of these uh, books over here, I got this uh, cookbook and he's, he's pulls down this cookbook and it doesn't have the cover that it came with. And he's trying to remember the author, and so there's this long extended pause where he's just trying to think of the author. And this piece of art, if you want to call it that, <laughs> is in the background, and, and he's not selling it at all. He's not acknowledging it. He's not saying, let me go turn that down. He's not, whoopsie-daisy, I need to go stop that, pause it. It continues. He continues. I was there for maybe, I mean, you talk about weirded out. I mean, I, I, I have, in Missouri. I have been, I have walked through gang territory in Los Angeles. I have been in some pretty weird situations and sometimes uh, life-threatening situations. And this one, you talk, it's like you have a bad dream and then you wake up and you wear that dream like a oh. bad suit for part of the day. I walked out of there. I, I mean, again, I was going to maybe hang out 10, 15 minutes, look for books, and that that occurred, and I was just like, okay. And I just put my sunglasses on and was slowly inching toward the the exit, and, well, good luck with your 27,000 books there. And Man, alive. Oh. <laughs> what, what, what is that cliche? It's trying to, it's like trying to shoot pool with a rope. <laughs> Tis the Richard Kaysen Radio Network, 573-431-1000. That is the telephone number. Letting one piece of music play as I try to cue up another here. That's the beauty of the of the uh, bumper here. Yeah, I gotta find something on YouTube. Because you know the Rolling Stones. Jared, you heard over the... I heard this this past week. The Rolling Stones, you know the song Brown Sugar? Mm-hmm. They're not going to do it in concert anymore. Why not? Well, kind of a kind of a lyrics issue. I don't have a problem with it. I was a DJ, and I played it all the time. But the uh, the lyrics are... They're, they're, they just hearken to a time when uh, uh, there was slavery, and that's the whole basis of the song. It's about a guy who basically keeps a slave and initiates a uh, relationship with with that slave and you know we don't know what Mick Jagger was on when he wrote that back in 1970 whatever but I figured since the stones are going to retire it 
we might as well and we're not going to sing it obviously we we have not even began to drink enough to allow me to be confident to sing on the radio but i'll be more than happy to read the lyrics as the uh music is in the background so uh <laughs> for no other reason than to do it here's the rolling stones brown sugar and tell me if you think maybe it's time to retire the song here there it goes I'm going to kick in whenever. I'm going to hit the post. So here's how the words go. Gold Coast slave ship bound for cotton fields, sold in the market down in New Orleans. Scarred old slaver knows he's doing all right. Hear him whip the women just around midnight. Brown sugar. Yeah, you hear the background right there. How come you taste so good? That's the first verse. Second verse. Drums. Well, okay. I forgot this. Just like a young girl should. Okay. Drums beating. Cold English blood runs hot. Lady of the house wondering when it's gonna stop. Houseboy knows that he's doing all right. You should have heard him just around midnight. <laughs> Young Jared winces. You've heard this song all your life on the radio, but you never knew what it was talking about. And now you hear the lyrics spoken the way I'm speaking them. And it's hilarious. <laughs> so we go on. Just like a young girl should. Um, and then there's a bunch of, ah, get it on, get it on, brown sugar, how come you taste so good? Uh, verse number three. Ah, and I bet your mama was a tent show queen, and all her boyfriends were sweet 16. I'm no schoolboy, but I know what I like. You should have heard me just around midnight. <laughs> and Jared just, yeah, what, what? little touchy I think I need to go home now <laughs> who's gonna run this who's gonna lock up <laughs> you're stuck here but but the what were you gonna say Help, help. <laughs> but the question is Jared brown sugar how come you taste so good but the stones they're not gonna do that song in concert anymore because of uh, those rather suggestive lyrics that I just read to you right here on the Richard Case and Radio Network. I mean, that song was already 25 years old when I got into the business. It was just another Stones song. I knew the words, but eh, didn't really think about it. Doesn't really have any effect on me now. It's just uh, rock and roll is one of those. Four, it's like, okay, uh, uh, Garth Brooks. He had a song that back when it came out in 92, well, it was just a nice old Garth Brooks song. You know, it was one of his hits, but and it, it was called, uh, what was the name of That Summer? Well, when you examine the lyrics and listen to it, it's about a rather rough and haggard woman who owns a ranch, and she's got a 15-year-old boy helping her on the ranch, and she seduces him. And that's the way it goes, folks. It's on any country station, anywhere you want to tune in. That Summer by Garth Brooks. Don't get mad at me. I didn't write it. Even when I was a country jock, you know, you'd be coming out of that song, and you'd have to make some sort of comment about it. You'd have to... 
you know, what, what's the line about, and, and then her hands of leather turned to velvet or something like that. And yeah, don't be a DJ, Jared. Stick with play by play, stick with sports. That's where the money is. <laughs> Not in your petty classic rock and roll. Oh, okay. So we got about three minutes left in this segment. There's just. All sorts of stuff that, I, well, I got some headlines. I can go down some headlines while I get to some of the random points and things I want to make. But COVID is in the news. Uh, Delta Air, well, it's been in the news for going on two years, but Delta Airlines is not going to enforce the vaccine mandate that Joe Talabiden has proclaimed. They call it divisive. Uh, the Baltimore Police Union resist the city's vaccine mandate. Uh, Sean Penn's wife files for divorce after a year on the grounds that he's a jackass. Um, Rand Paul says, socialism always ends up with state-sponsored authoritarianism. Correct. Um, I wasn't doing even the podcast, I don't think. I was maybe doing a podcast. I, I can't really remember. But you remember the whole Jussie Smollett case from a couple of years ago no. yeah you remember you just don't want to talk about it i know <laughs> no he was on the show empire did you watch that oh yeah. yeah okay so he faked being threatened by a noose that supposedly some trump supporters at three in the morning in the middle of chicago hanging outside a subway threatened him with that all turned out to be a hoax and fake well he has to uh, face trial for that hate crime hoax huh yeah uh he wanted that d dismissed, and the uh, judge denied that dismissal. Car thefts are on the rise in Portland. Can you imagine why? Just take a guess why there's car theft in Portland, Oregon right now. Mm, maybe no they're short, short. Oh, no police. Oh, yeah. okay. I was going to say maybe there's a car, car shortage. <laughs> well, in a manner of speaking, there's a car shortage for the people who own those cars. <laughs> Custom made for the weekend, it is the Richard Case and Radio Network. Because if you think about it, two hours of me, that is enough. That goes a long way. You can spread that out all through the week. And join the Dollar Club when you go to patreon.com slash Richard Case. And it's only a dollar. Picked up two Dollar Club members in the past uh, two weeks, so it's been one per week. It's growing, but... It's not big enough because I am failing. And I am failing because you have not helped me. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Richard Kaysen. That's how you do that. If I haven't frightened you away already. Go over another couple of these headlines and then we'll get to... You know, all week I was just writing down random thoughts and commentary and analysis. And I... Wanted to share some of that with you before I got into some actual stories here. But a couple of other headlines. Let's see. Oh, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, she says inflation's good. That means people are buying more stuff. No, inflation's bad because it means you have, if, if I'm correct, it means you have demand for less stuff and the prices of things go higher as the demand for the less stuff increases. 
and that leads to all sorts of other economic calamities. So, no, Jen, once again, you would be wrong. The Trafalgar Group, they say that uh, 46%, uh, 46.5% of the people they polled say that natural immunity provides just as much protection as the vaccine. I'm, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> I haven't cut that music bed yet. Perfect time for some music, though, right, <laughs> right as you end that. We'll be right back now. <laughs> Yeah, 46.5% say natural immunity provides just as much protection as the vaccine. And this real clear politics poll on Biden, what they do is they take an average of multiple polls. In this case, it's Reuters, Ipsos, Rasmussen, The Economist, YouGov, Politico, Trafalgar, and CNN. And they combine all of those to get an average. And currently, Joe Biden's, that is Joe Talabiden, and his uh, real clear politics approval... Is, or disapproval, rather, 52.1%. So over half of the country of those polled don't think Biden's doing a good job. Another indicator that Biden isn't doing a good job is the F Joe Biden chants that are happening everywhere. They're happening at college ball games. I'm sure you're a NASCAR fan, so you saw what happened a couple of weeks ago after that race, did you? And the audience was chanting F Let's Joe Let's go, Bi- Brandon. Can you hear them out there? They're saying, let's go. Br-. Yeah, let's give that reporter an A for effort for trying to cover. Okay, nice try. But they ain't saying, let's go, Brandon. They're not. Um, so the But the, the sentiment is real. He's not as, as... I mean, Obama wasn't this bad. There wasn't the blank Obama chance. You you don't have uh, guys down in Doe Run flying blank Barack Obama flags on their pickup truck, but they're flying blank Joe Biden flags. And this one guy is going up and down Highway 32 just making sure people see it. People are not, even the mainstream media, they're simply not impressed with this. This is what a fan gave to me this past week, Jared. Now, you, you can describe what it is, but don't read out loud what it said, because it's a profanity, so you can't say it. We can show it on the video, but uh, this is what a fan gave me this past weekend. What is that? It's a, it looks like a uh, Clorox um, cup. Well, it's supposed to be a roll of paper towels. Roll of paper towels. Uh, yeah. Bounty, yeah. I would assume. But instead, it's Biden, mm-hmm. and it's got a picture of him. And uh, but uh, and again, I repeat, don't, don't, don't say this on the air, but this is the slogan on the side of the... Yeah. You're not laughing. It's it's funny. I don't want to laugh and give <laughs> <It's>, it away. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Nothing says something is funny like someone just going, that's funny. <laughs> and you know how to kill a bit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's For those of you watching RT or RCTV, that's what it says right there. That we can't say here on the air. But listen. All kidding aside, all profanity-laden, anti-Joe Biden tumblers aside, at what point do we stop accepting the lies of the corporate media and the Democrat Party and Joe Talabiden? The biggest, most obvious and visible lie I can think of, not invisible, and visible lie that I can think of right now, the masks. Everywhere, 
people are st- not not so much where I live, but that's spotty. But the farther north I go, people are still wearing masks. Folks, the masks are over. But they see Fauci wearing a mask. They see Kamala wearing a mask. They see Biden wearing a mask when there's a camera around, which are proven to not work. And the vaccine must not work either, or they wouldn't be wearing masks because the mask is only supposed to prevent the mask wearer from transmitting it. You have to turn off the network evening news. You just have to. I mean, I, I re- for me, it's a daily process of, of deprogramming because I grew up watching TV and just, I would catch the news and just accept as the truth. Well, that's the news. And and sometimes it's like, well, we were talking off the air a few minutes ago. This would be a great time to to go into this. I had asked Jared because I didn't want to put him on the spot. I had asked him if uh, he cared if I brought up the John Gruden thing. He said, no, that's fine. I ha- I haven't really paid that much attention. I don't watch football. But um, I'll, I'll ask again. You you have heard about that, though, correct? Yeah. And, and what have you heard? Uh, that he had sent a couple emails 10 years ago that may have included some racial slurs. Yeah. And now well, he is not well, fired. He resigned. Yeah. Well, you know, because he knew that a firing was, was around. Mm-hmm. But but you didn't read the, the no, emails. No. Okay. So, as we go into the briars here, the email that I'm thinking of, the one that everyone was saying is racist is something along the lines of he was talking, I don't even know the player's name, but he says that so-and-so has lips like Michelin tires. Now, at the risk of sounding uh, trite, where's the racism? It, is there an intelligent response? Where? What about that is is racist in and of itself? You're on. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> exactly. No one is sure. The reason that it's racist is because the people who think it's racist are saying so. Because Gruden, he didn't mentioned skin color he didn't mention ethnicity he simply said what he said because that player was black it was taken as a racial insult would it be racial if he made the exact same comment about a white player who had a rather prominent mouth is it What's um, the what's the difference? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. See, that's what the media does. They will take something and because the person being talked about is a certain color, regardless of what the comment is, it becomes racist. That's why for 8 years during Barack Obama's presidency, you couldn't disagree with Barack Obama because if you did, what did that make you? <laughs> Well, I guess I 
didn't delete enough junior high basketball games on the phone because the video just stopped, so. <laughs> I'm so behind on those RCTV videos that you can find on rumble.com. Or if you want to go to my YouTube page, I'm not going to do anything with it anymore. I just want you to go to it so it can be monetized and you can put yet another dollar into my pocket. YouTube.com slash Richard Kaysen. I, I wanted to mention this before. I saw this and okay, so I know I'm not supposed to watch TV when I drive, so I wasn't watching it, but I and I'm not. I like PBS. I don't like their their content. I do like some of their content, but I don't like their tone of some of their content because it is a PBS and NPR both they've always leaned liberal and more to the left than even the mainstream media. But I've always liked some of their British programming and just the timing and the pacing of it. It's not so ah, ah, just in your face. They let it breathe, they stretch it out. And so it was in between shows, and I was listening to the PBS on the way up here to the show tonight, and they had a promo for... There's a show on, on PBS called Independent Lens. They play different films, and they were previewing the film Ferguson Rising, which is about the St. Louis enclave of Ferguson, which is 67% uh, black, and how it's rising from the ashes after... The very people who live there burned it down because they threw a temper tantrum because they want the right to fight the police, basically. The makers of the documentary, there were, I guess they talked to Michael Brown Sr., who is the father of the gentle giant, the angel Michael Brown, who tried to steal a cop's weapon after he tried to knock off a store. Now, his dad's in this promo saying, yeah, finally, the, the truth's going to come out. My, my son's going to be speaking from beyond the grave. And it's like, well, the truth, as I understand it, he tried to steal a cop's gun, and he tried to knock off a store. So, And that's what they want the right to do. And when I say they, I mean the radical leftist element of certain people in the black community. That isn't the, the mainstream black community, which, when it's all said and done, I like to call them Americans. Um, that isn't the mainstream of, of how they think. Um, in fact, you've got more and more of these parents who are they're being called domestic terrorists, for one thing, because they're showing up at school board meetings and denouncing both critical race theory and the transgender policies that the uh, liberals are trying to force into schools. It, it's getting ridiculous, out in Virginia, in Loudoun County, over the I, I've been seeing this video for days of this dad being taken down by the cops in the school board meeting. I thought it was the other day. This was back in June, and this is really just now starting to gain traction four or five months later. What happened, his daughter was sexually assaulted. I won't read the charges, but there are three distinct sexual charges and each uh, a little more graphic than the next. Suffice it to say, she was sexually assaulted at school, a 14-year-old girl, and she was sexually assaulted by a girl. Except not really a girl. It was a boy who wants to call himself a girl. And isn't that exactly what we told you was going to happen about three years ago? 
When all this BS about, well, if you feel like a girl, then that makes you a girl, and so you should get to go to the... And, and we told you this is going to result in perverts following not only kids, but just adults into the... In other words, I'm a 43-year-old man, and I clearly am a man, but hey, I identify as a woman, so I want to go into the women's bathroom now. That's allowed. And this school that, well, this this transsexual kid, and see, this is the thing. He's not a real transsexual. He's using that as a way to get to sexually assault girls because he did it a second time. Now, you got this school board that has covered it up. And you have this father, I think his name is Scott Stone or Steve Stone. Well, if you can imagine, now just imagine... Put yourself in this guy's shoes for a second. His daughter was raped at school by a boy who thinks he's a girl but really is a boy so he can do this stuff in bathrooms. That's your daughter, okay? He goes to a school board meeting and pipes up about it. And because Biden's Department of Justice has issued an edict to the FBI to start keeping tabs on angry parents at school board meetings because, well, these school boards are afraid. These parents, they, they're, they're displaying all the signs of potential domestic terrorism. This is the backwards, bizarro world situation we're looking at. And this guy speaks up about his daughter's rape that happened at school and why the school covered it up and the school didn't want to address it because it would mean having to admit that they covered it up and so they ordered him to sit down and he wouldn't sit down and here comes a couple of Loudoun County Sheriff's deputies to take the guy down. Now, we've been a pretty pro-cop show ever since we've been here at KFMO and ever since I started the podcast last year during the whole George Floyd thing. But you you have... When the cops in Minneapolis are just doing their jobs and taking down a counterfeiting crackhead who didn't want to be arrested in the first place, and he resisted arrest, okay, you had cops doing their job. They didn't tell George Floyd to pass a fake 20. They didn't tell him to do every drug he could get his hands on. And they didn't tell him to resist arrest to put himself into a stressful state and give himself a heart attack. They didn't tell him to do that. They told him to get in the car. They were doing their job, and he didn't get in the car. The sheriff's deputies in this situation here in Virginia have been weaponized. The sheriff of Loudoun County denies that he colluded with the school board because this dad, let's see here. Let's let me find the actual text. Um, let me make sure I got the, the right story here. <laughs> Loudoun County, Virginia Sheriff Michael Chapman denied he colluded with school board officials to keep a man whose daughter was sexually assaulted at one of the county's schools from speaking at a June meeting of the board. The situation became heated after Superintendent Scott Ziegler denied there had been any reported assaults in restrooms. The alterca altercation has gained national attention 
through video that spread on the internet, after which Smith was branded a right-wing extremist by some and cited by the National School Boards Association as an example of domestic terrorism. The accusation came in a letter asking the Department of Justice to unleash the FBI and its counterterrorism division in a flurry or on a flurry of school board protesters. This is the same school board that wants to teach that men are women and women are men and that if you're white just by virtue of skin color alone, you're an oppressor. Don't tell me you're paying someone to choreograph these moves you're doing. I thought I was a bad dancer, jeez. <laughs> I saw my brother dance one time about 25 years ago, and he thought he was hot stuff. And I thought, you know, if I am one-eighth that bad, forget it. I, I can fake a slow dance, but you are not going to see me just, hey, no one knew I could moonwalk. We'll watch this and just, no, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> As much as I would like to be able to do that, there's no spontaneous dance move. But you, you just looked like you'd uh, like some chicken that had OD'd on crack or something. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah. All right. Uh, just as spastic. The fact that he was sitting down too that made it all the all the more. Um, so you remember Ashley Babbitt? She was shot during the Capitol incident back on January 6th. Well, more than 500 pages of internal documents from the D.C. Metro Police concerning that fatal shooting reveal witness accounts stating, as we already knew, she wasn't armed. She had no weapon. And apparently Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the one who plugged her, well, he's a little upset. He's sorry. Oh, okay. That makes it better. Tom Fitton, the president of Judicial Watch, says these previously secret records show there was no good reason to shoot and kill Ashley Babbitt. All right. Well, that's soaked up one hour like a sponge. Like I said last week, all you really just have to do is keep talking in 10 and 10 and a half, six, seven and four minute segments. Doesn't have to make sense. Doesn't have to mean anything. As long as you don't have any dead air. Because, you know, that's the kiss of death in radio, Jared, is dead air. You never want to have dead air. You just want to keep talking and talking and talking. Even if you're not saying anything at all, you just want to make sure that the time is filled and there's no dead air so that people don't forget what station you're listening to, even though I haven't said it in about 30 minutes. AM 1240. KFMO. We'll be right back. 